The Versecast is part of the Heroes Tavern community. Join us at HeroesTavern.com. Attention citizens, Space Cadet Gleep here. Here's the rest of episode 14, recorded January 12th. When last we left you, Caleb had just signed off. In this installment, John and I finish up talking about all the Star Citizen goings on what happened over our first annual Those Guys with Ships holiday break. A special shout out to Ron Jenkins or Ronald Jenkins for letting us use his music. Please do check him out at ronaldjenkins.com. And now, the rest of the show. Cool. So, uh, well, John, let's see. We, uh, we've gone through pretty much all the official stuff. Um, there was some, um, some cool stuff in, uh, um, uh, stuff submitted by the community uh, in 10 for the Chairman, episode 49. Uh, there was um, another uh, question from Julian Delphi. Vicky, which I think Caleb told us last time was um, uh, the character name is a reference to um, something that I can't remember right now, but that it was cool. So we like to point out when stuff is cool. <laughs> and so it was, it was nice to hear from Julian again. And uh, it was sort of a, there were a couple questions here that kind of tied it into each other well, so I included them all. And what Julian asked was, will mapping jump points be computer controlled or will piloting uh, will piloting skill play a part? And uh, what Chris said, you know, and here I'm paraphrasing, of course, uh, that finding the opening to a jump point or the, the entrance to a jump point is going to rely heavily upon computer equipment, but that uh, success at actually navigating the jump point or the jump for the first time uh, is going to be mostly, if not entirely, skill-based. Um, and then, of course, uh, once the jump is mapped, then subsequent, subsequent trips through will essentially mirror the first jump. Um, so I think that's information we had gotten before, but what made it interesting was the next question, which came from a subscriber named Drum, who asked, will it be possible to remap a jump to make the trip faster or more efficient? Um, than, it, than it was before. And what Chris said is that, you know, he didn't know that it, it was a good question and that the current plan was that once something was mapped, that that was sort of the, uh, the way that it was going to work uh, on a go-forward basis, but uh, it might make sense in the game to um, actually allow for remapping of jump points. So um, I thought that that was... Uh, was uh, potentially interesting for folks who want to do that as kind of a profession thing that they could be you know could specialize at perfecting jump trips because I don't I don't have a good sense of how long a, um, a jump will take or you know if you say you do it you know pretty well say the jump takes uh, in real time a couple of minutes maybe if you do it you know exceptionally well you could cut that time down in half you know so It'll be uh, interesting to see what uh, how that kind of works out. 
Um, yeah, I, I'm wondering how it actually, uh, what the mechanic is of mapping it, because he says it's skill based. Mm-hmm. I kind of immediately think of, I don't know if you've played Super Hexagon. No. Um, but it's a game where you're basically just going down a tunnel, and there's like, um, there's things in your way, and you have to turn the you have to turn the tunnel so that you don't hit the things that are in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going, like, super fast, so you have to react, like, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of maybe imagine it being like that, you know, just, like, really reaction-based. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I, think, I think you can crash and destroy your ship while yeah. you're trying to map a jump. Yeah, he said that before that it's possible that you will, um, while trying to map it, get get blown out the side, I guess, and just sort of end up in some yeah. in some you know really literally middle of nowhere, um, which uh, you know is kind of a scary prospect. But um, he did he did describe it sort of the way that that you just did that it's going to be that the first time through it's going to be a real sort of uh, roller coaster ride except without the rails you know you're just like you know fighting to yeah. fighting to to keep it on uh, on course and to avoid hitting uh, whatever sort of stuff gets in the way I don't know if it's like planets or asteroids or whatever it is that gets in the way. And that uh, subsequent times through are going to be like an actual roller coaster where, you know, it's you are on rails. So you can just pretty much, you know, you know, sit back and enjoy the ride and throw your hands up in the air and go like that, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it'll be interesting. But I I guess to answer your question, yes, skill based. uh, But you are there is going to be a requirement for a certain level of equipment uh, in order. You have to have a mapping computer. To do it, you know, you can't you can't map the jump point if you don't have the, I guess, for lack of a better way of thinking of it, uh, the appropriate recording de- uh, device, you know, that will record the information. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next question came from Jackknife, who asked, "Will modular changes to ships be plug and play as it is currently with uh, Arena Commander, or will it uh, take gaze dick?" days of gameplay time uh, to make significant changes to your ship. And this one I was kind of surprised by Chris's answer. He said he didn't really know. Um, He said they hadn't decided yet that it would likely default to being more plug-and-play like it is in Arena Commander. You know, like on the hollow table you can swap out uh, the weapons that are on your ship instantaneously. You know, so like there's there's no time at all. But... um, I was imagining that if I was going to convert my Cutlass Red into a Cutlass Blue, you know, if I was going to take out all the med bays and pop in, you know, detention cells, um, that that was going to be a little bit more involved than um, just, you know, clicking and dragging and dropping, you know, a a new module on top. Uh, And, uh, you know, he did, Chris did acknowledge that they want to keep it somewhat realistic, but that also if, uh, it takes too long, then it's then the game is less fun. So, I don't know. I'm, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do that. Personally, I would, I would not have a problem, and actually would sort of kind of like it if, you know, it took a week of game in in game time to to convert my Cutlass Red into a Cutlass Blue. You know, I mean, I think that that 
Yeah, and in case you didn't have the patience to wait for it, mm-hmm. they could offer in-game gems that you could buy for real money <laughs> to speed up the process. Yes, and then and when I'm when I'm at Target, I could buy gem cards, you know, which I could then redeem later, you know, exactly, or give to yes. my friends for their birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Please, let's not do that. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I would prefer that it actually be it be more on the realistic side. I, I hope it's not plug and play. I mean, I would like for their for people to be incentivized to actually think out their you know their role and to commit to it a little bit. But then you know you also don't want you know people to to you know spend like you know a lot of money like you know on the redeemer or something like that and be locked into only being able to do one thing with it you know so right it's a balance um then there was a really uh, interesting question i thought from a uh, subscriber named uh you know who asked if we were going to be able to disassemble ships uh to make them make transporting them easier and i think the example that this person gave was if they wanted to uh, sell, you know, buy a bunch of hornets and sell them in a war zone, uh, would they be able to disassemble them, put them on whatever ship and transport them so they could, you know, uh, get them either there faster or um, uh, with more efficiency? And uh, Chris said, at this point, uh, you're not going to be able to do that, that the ships kind of have to remain intact, but that the mechanic for... uh, transporting ships is going to be either finding somebody that has you know something big enough um i'm I'm not sure which if we have any capital ships now that could transport a large number of ships um javelin maybe or um i don't know but um or Mm -hmm. or you would hire npcs to fly them out there which he said um oddly enough you know relative to the the last question he said is the more realistic way of handling it is that you would hire npcs or you would hire somebody in the real world to fly your ship to uh, the the customer's uh, destination, and then you know you would have to pay the NPC to uh, to get back home again. Um, so um, I think that that kind of makes sense, and that makes me happy, you know, relative to the the last question that made me feel a little bit queasy inside. So um, this uh, kind of reminds me of that Johnny Cash song where he steals like one part of a car from the car factory that he works at yes brings it home every day and then puts it all together yes oh mrs gleek <laughs> loves that song I, I, I can't remember the name of it but she loves that song um yeah it's a good one mrs gleek's a big johnny cash fan uh <laughs> Um, and uh, the last uh, question I had here is from Rodent Rascal, um, who asked if they could bribe the NPCs of their enemies to kill them, which I thought was awesome. And uh, <laughs> uh, he said, and I think the context that they they sort of framed the question in was, you know, if if they were a merchant and um, they had a you know competitor in a particular market, could they bribe that? merchants uh employees basically to like kill them you know so that they would you know you know uh take over their business or or something and uh chris chris uh really liked the idea he said you know that they had not thought about it or that he had not thought about it really but that he thought that all of the necessary um um technology you know for configuring um 
NPCs or um, uh, the economic structure is uh, is all there to make something like that happen, but that it would it would take a, a bit of work to implement it, and that there's a lot of other stuff to um, to uh, get done before we get to that point. But anyway, I thought it was kind of cool that that uh, the system that they're building has enough flexibility that you know kind of really cool out of left field kind of stuff like that uh, is at least possible so we'll see uh, we'll see what happens with that um yeah it'd be cool if if they implement something like this mm -hmm. if they made it kind of like an easter egg uh -huh. like you'd have to like jump through hoops to find like the npc that is willing to do this or something yeah you need you need to find the uh, disgruntled employee you know the, maybe yeah, yeah. maybe the disgruntled employee with a gambling problem that needs to you know needs <laughs> needs to get some money yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be very cool all right well uh, we mentioned earlier I think a little bit or I mentioned uh, about uh, ten for the producers and um, I think I mentioned that I, I really enjoyed it when I, I hadn't uh, hadn't expected it to be as much fun as it turned out to be. Um, but it's hosted by, uh, there was a guy named Darian, and I did not catch his last name, and Travis Day. And um, so they, they got asked uh, a, a bunch of different questions, um, but the, the three that I thought were pretty cool were, um, uh, the first one was asked by a subscriber named Vic, and um, uh, he said, you know, with all of the crowd funds that uh, have been raised, what resources other than time are constraining the development process. Now I know that that's not really a you know what's fun or cool about the game, but I think that it's a um, a question that oddly oddly enough um, I haven't really maybe you know, well Chris has addressed that sort of thing in the past, but maybe not specifically in Ten for the Chairman. But anyway, um, what uh, Travis said was that it's it's basically just normal development stuff, and he gave a really interesting answer. I thought. He said, you know, if you think of uh, human gestation, uh, if it takes a woman nine months to gestate a baby, is it possible for nine women to gestate a baby in one month? You know, it's like, well, you know, of, of course they can, you know, and by of course, you know, I mean, like, why not? So, you know, hurry up and get it done. So anyway, I mean, another way of, of, of saying the same thing would be too many uh, cooks spoil the soup or uh, what, you know, what have you. But the point being that you can't just throw money at a development situation and make the same quality of stuff come out the other end uh, that much faster. So anyway, I just... Did they have to use the gestating woman analogy? Because that's all I can think about now. <laughs> I know. I... It, did it make you a little queasy? It made me a little queasy. Yeah. Nine <laughs> women creating one. Uh, no. Uh -uh. Yeah, that's why I included it, just for you. Um, uh, another subscriber, Juris Storm, which I think is also a, a, main, a name that means something, but, you know, like many things, just went flying over my head. Um, because asked because of the success in marketing capital and multi cruise ships, will there be fewer smaller ships developed in the future? And I, I think that's a concern I've heard expressed um, other places in other ways. You know, people are saying you know, they you know every time they launch one of these huge um, um, uh, concept ships, they raise a you know just a 
a boatload, I guess, or a shipload of money. Um, so what's to prevent them from just doing that, you know, repeatedly and not uh, uh, creating um, or uh, offering smaller vessels for folks? And uh, what Travis said to that is that, you know, the ships are that are offered really have to serve the game's overall design and that as the, univ the game universe is fleshed out, it's going to become really apparent where and what ships uh, are needed. So, you know, what functions within the economy, the economic structure, um, uh, or within the, um, uh, the market structure that uh, are lacking, where vehicles or ships are lacking, and that they will develop uh, ships to meet those needs. So I thought that that was... Uh, was uh, sort of a refreshing way to look at it that it's you know everything is in the context of the big picture basically and uh, folks that are concerned that uh, they're going to get priced out essentially priced out of uh, of being able to participate uh, don't have to really worry about that and then finally um, a, a subscriber named Buzz Killington uh, interesting name uh, asked if the new modular ship system, which we got with the, I think it was the $65 million stretch goal, if that was going to replace the uh, upgrade slot system, which is currently in place, I guess, in um, uh, Arena Commander. And what Travis said is, no, that the modular system is something sort of, is completely different. I mean, it really allows you to switch sort of, um, uh, thematic uh, systems so like you know like the example that we were discussed earlier where the, the the cutlass red the the theme of its system is med bay let's say and that the theme of the corresponding module in uh, the cutlass blue would be detention cells um, and that those two are interchangeable but within each of those say in the uh, in the the Cutlass Red, in the med bay, there may be a computer system which you could potentially upgrade the, um, uh, like a processor or something like that, that say, for example, would allow you to do a, a, a particular kind of surge, surgery more efficiently or perform a more intricate surgery that without that upgrade to that individual system. Um, you wouldn't be able to do. So the upgrade slots kind of are 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 allowing you to Im improve a system within the the existing theme whereas the modular uh system is allowing you to swap themes, you know. So right. Yeah, I so I think that that's um that's actually the one the the modular sort of encompasses the um the uh uh upgrade slot system and um, the upgrade slot system can exist within the modular system I guess so mm -hmm. um, and this is kind of unrelated mm -hmm. but I was just thinking about how I think it's in the Mustang commercial how he says the new 2045 uh, line of or 20 what year is it God. what year is it in game time is it God, what? Um, that's a good question. Twenty nine forty five. It's like I think it's. It's not two thousand fifteen. I think we've established that. Right. It's something forty five. Anyway, they say the year of the 
the Mustang of the ship. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it would be cool if... Um, how some games, like, update the assets that they already have. Um, instead, in Star Citizen, if they keep all of those, uh, like, in their system for, like, a year, and then when it comes time for the next year to come around, <clears throat> they could release an update for those ships and, like, reintroduce them mm-hmm. as the new one. Mm-hmm. And maybe they could have some kind of like trade-in process where you you sell your old one, like the 2014 model or whatever, back to them, and then you have to pay like a small fee and to get the new one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it would be cool if they had that yearly thing, like they do in cars, like in the real world. Yeah, yeah, that there are you know buying and or yeah, I guess model seasons or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's, um, yeah, and and I think that that's um, also a um, uh, uh, a cool way to imp- maybe implement the modular system is that next year, you know, if you have a um, a chassis that works well, you know, a good strong chassis, that maybe next year you can um, you can purchase a different different module for it, which you will be you know allowed to uh, mount on that chassis, so you can sort of. Um, keep the same ship, but then you know each year they offer something slightly different that you're able to do with it. So it's not it's yeah it's not every year you have to get a, a new ship if you want to to do something you, you know. But yeah, I, I think that that's that's interesting and um, 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 might be a good analogy to bring into the the game world from uh, from the real world. So right, yeah, cool. Um, and so, real quickly, we um, we also had uh, uh, last time. I think there was a couple uh, things I missed from Reverse the Verse episode twenty seven. Uh, they um, they said that uh, CIG is going to be implementing a slash play command, so we'll be able to find out how much of our life ha- has been lost in the cosmos. Um, <laughs> they're gonna- you know i I do like to know how much I've played a game. Mm-hmm. Um. One thing that I wish I had was how much I played Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. Minecraft currently it it does store how long you've played. Mm-hmm. But if you reinstall the game like on a new computer or something, it's not saving that to the cloud. It's just like a file on your computer. Right. So, you know, I've done that like countless times over the course of like 4 years that I've been playing Minecraft. Yeah. Um uh, and that's something I kind of regret. I wish I had a number. I kind of wish I don't. So <laughs> I'm just curious as to what it is. Yeah, yeah. So I, it's it's it's, um, it's fun to have. You know, it's like you you can wear it as a little badge of honor. You know, maybe maybe you could like have that. Yeah. You know, show up on your uniform like your your number of hours or like have like a, a clock on the side of your ship that is updating. You know, that would be cool. Yeah, well, Steam does the, uh, everybody has a badge that says how many years you've been on Uh the service. Yeah. Which is kind of a cool thing. I I think, uh, yeah, Xbox Live does that, too. Yeah. So, well, we're going to get it. Um, 
And then uh, NPC slots are, are going to be sold uh, separately from packages. Or, and I think that's NPC in the, in the context of, of uh, additional player characters. So you're going to be able to buy a player character, an additional player character, separately from uh, packages. So you're not going to have to buy a new Aurora every time you want another player character slot. Uh, well, did they say NPC? <clears throat> I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking. Gleep may have had a typo there, so uh, we'll just. Pre- oh, okay. We'll just pretend that it's uh, additional character slot. PC. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> the uh, the paint system is going to allow for high levels of customization. Eventually, uh, I think they said that it's going to be that the the system that they're developing in house for skinning the ships. Uh, is going to be very detailed and that eventually that will be integrated into the client so that we can use it too but um, I think one of the in one of our earlier episodes I had had asked you know when am I going to be able to um, you know put like a a decal on the side of my ship or um, uh, Uh you know paint it all blue so that it matches my uh, my delicate fur and uh, what they um, (laughs) what they said is that's coming so we'll be able to do all that um, uh, CIG is going to be redoing the hollow table, which, and by redoing, I hope they mean fixing it so that I can actually use it. <laughs> Stupid thing. But, yeah. You know. Um, and then I don't know what happened to reverse the verse episode 28. I, I seem to remember something about, um, it getting lost or broken or something, but I'm, I could be making that up, but. Anyway, um, well, it's an unlucky number, so they just skipped it. Yeah, because it's it's um, it's like not at all like thirteen, but uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we have uh, uh, episode twenty nine instead, and uh, what they said in that was uh, that the FPS mod or the FPS module is on schedule, and whatever that means. So um, if we're to believe what we were told earlier, that means uh, sometime soon, hopefully in the first quarter. Um, that uh, there is going, and I, this I thought was very cool, that there's going to be an insurance design document posted coming soon. Um, because I think a lot of people have questions about, you know, the LTI and how much is insurance going to cost. And, you know, because I think a lot of people won't buy a ship if they don't get LTI or they feel like if they don't get LTI that the ship, you know, is worth a lot less. And, um, I've heard in a number of places, uh, folks from CIG, including Chris, say that it's just not going to be that much. That it's going to be, you know, on an on a an annual basis, it's going to be a couple of missions worth of of work, if that. So uh, it'll be good to see. Yeah, and I, I honestly, I don't think people are as concerned about um, the amount of money it will cost. I think they're mostly concerned about having to remember to do it, which is something I'm kind of concerned with. You know, I'd rather have LTI on everything, not have to worry about it. Um, but, yeah, he's he's assured us multiple times that it's not going to be that difficult. And I, I don't think it will be. It's just, you know, something in the back of your head that you have to think about when you do buy a ship without it. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm thinking, you know, in whatever year it is, uh, thirty twenty eight or you know, um, whatever the guy said in the commercial. Um, by that point, I think we're going to have the whole bill pay thing sort of nailed down. So, you know, you can. I'm, I'm thinking you're going to be able to set up an automatic payment, you know, that's going to 
come out of your account to keep your insurance current. So I hope so. Yeah. I thought I'm when I read about that uh Eve online thing, I could have sworn the guy said that they had automatic payments on it or something and it still failed. That's true. That's true. The guy didn't pay the rent and it cost, you know, like half a million dollars in real world money. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well. Oh man, I love that that can happen. <laughs> I'm look- that alone makes me want to play Eve. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to people losing an entire, you know, mortgage worth of uh property <laughs> in uh in Star Citizen. Yeah. I just want to be there to watch yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um and then uh, they also they talked a little bit about the AC credit system, which is coming in Arena Commander uh, 1.1, and uh, but that there's going to be uh, likely there's going to be some patches uh, before we get to that, so we're likely to, to go through 1.0.1, 1.0.2 before we get there. But um, uh, that uh, in uh, Nicola D'Angelo's uh, five for the community manager. It's hard to keep all these acronyms straight, John. Uh, she uh, asked Ben about this, um, and he essentially said, you know, because, well, actually, her initial uh, concern was that the prices on weapons in Voyager Direct were disproportionately high relative to the, the cost of ships. So, you know, you could spend you know, $35 on a ship, but then if you were to buy one of the, the higher-end uh, weapons, that those cost, I think, uh, 18,000 uh, credits. So in at the current exchange rate, 18 uh, US dollars. And so she said, you know, if you bought a pair of those, that's essentially buying the entire ship again. And she said it didn't make sense. Yeah. And what Ben said is... Um, that well what he said was kind of funny he said don't buy anything in the voyager direct store <laughs> um <laughs> uh i don't think he meant it like that but essentially that's what he said uh because when we get this patch you're going to be able to earn money in arena commander or you will win money in arena commander and you'll be able to use that money to uh, purchase these weapons and and try them out. So, and I think kind of the the big picture point to take away, you know, from uh, relative to Nicole's original concern is that, again, you know, the money that we're spending at this point in in the the process is funding development of the game, and it's not actually an accurate proportional representation of value in the game. You know, so it's mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we're, you spend you know, $35 for an Aurora, um, or you spend um, a couple hundred dollars for a Redeemer, a Redeemer is not necessarily worth, um, uh, you know, I do the math, like seven and a half Auroras, you know, that's not, that's not the way that it, that's not the way at this point to think about it. When we get to the Persistent Universe, the actual release of the Persistent Universe, the market is going to decide what these things are worth, you know, what people are are willing to sell them for what people are willing to buy them for and at that point it will make more sense but at this point you know any real money that's coming into the game uh, is funding the development of the game and um, what Ben said is you know hey pretty soon you're going to be able to earn in-game currency um, or 
in arena commander currency and you'll be able to try out new stuff uh, um, the new weapons in there using that so anyway I thought that yeah. I thought that was pretty cool I can never remember what what the answer to this is but I hope there's a point like before the game is fully launched where they just turn off all of the the uh, real money transactions mm-hmm I feel like there, they've said that there will be things that you can buy with real money, but maybe that they're just cosmetic or something. Well, I, I, what I've heard suggested by other people before is that once after after release, whatever that means, um, that the only thing we should be able to buy are ships. Um, so I don't know if that means that you're only going to be able to buy a starter ship. If you know all the capital ships are going to be something that you're going to have to earn uh, in game, or if uh, that means that you're always at some point, you know, at various points during the the year, uh, be able to buy a, a large ship for a couple hundred bucks. I, I don't know, but mm-hmm. but it sort of would make sense that, and and I think this was Tony from Guard Frequency. I think this was his his. Uh, uh, plan for it was that if people were able to uh, buy ships and then sell them within the game, that that would be a way for new ships to be created within the game. And so that, and if there were too many ships, then uh, you know people would buy them, and the amount that you would get for buying that ship wouldn't be as much. You know, once you got into game and sold it, um, or once right. you sold it within game, so. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's a really interesting idea. I think it, um, it's, a, it's a way of, um, of uh, essentially sterilizing what's called sterilizing the real money in that, in that uh, uh, currency exchange uh, uh, dynamic. But um, uh, we'll have to see. But I, I, think, I think to your... Well, the thing that I think is cool is that the ships, if it works this way, the ships we are buying now... Um, we got because we were here first, you know, and then people that come in afterwards, they'll have to earn it by actually playing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that would be kind of cool. I, well, I think that's the way it's going to be. Um, uh, or that's what makes sense to me, you know, at this point in time is that, is that, uh-huh. and, and, and it's consistent with what, you know, um, uh, we were just talking about is that it's, it's, the ships we get now are a reward for backing. Uh, the value of that ship is not necessarily proportional to the amount of money that we're paying in. You know, it, it could be that your constellation, you know, if you were to do the conversion now, say say it cost five hundred thousand UEC. That you know, then then all of a sudden it's a five hundred dollar real money ship. You know, it it could mm-hmm. it could go up. You know, I mean, and. You know, is that you know, if you think about it, um, uh, five hundred thousand. Say, if we just say five hundred thousand dollars, I mean that, um, you know, that's a sort of a a, a good sized home in in the in the part of the the country I'm living in. Um, but you know, a, a good sized car uh, costs about you know thirty five thousand dollars. So. You know, if you could, you could sort of rationalize that a thirty-five dollar ship then is going to be—that's um, going to make sense relative to a five hundred thousand 
credit ship. You know that that sort of ties into uh, the value um, that value, except if you can equate a ship like that to a um, to a home, that may not be a good comparison. You may have to actually compare it to like a jumbo jet, in which case, you know, those cost how many you know millions of dollars. So, um, wow, we just spun way off on a tangent. Um, okay, I'm gonna yeah. back back in back in back in. Uh, reel it in. Reel it in. Okay. Um, okay. Ice cream headache. Um, so. <laughs> what? I, well, I just, I, yeah, try to do too much math in my head. Get an ice cream headache. <laughs> um, so anyway, I think, but the, the point is, I think that the concern about um, uh, the way that it is now being the way that it's going to be in the future is probably, it's, it's not, not, to, not to worry. It'll it'll all be okay. Mm-hmm. In Chris, we trust. Um, <laughs> uh, they also said in uh, episode twenty nine, um, more info on the mining mechanic is coming soon. So I know that uh, you're excited about oh. about the Orion, the old yeah. Orion. Um, yeah, hopefully it'd be cool if they come out with that and the Orion at the same time. Well, uh, I believe that uh, the Orion or the Hull C are the uh, Next concept ships up, and um, oh. and I think it might have been on Star Signal, uh, but I don't know that for sure. Uh, somebody suggested that that might be what gets announced at PAX South. Is that we might get? Um, oh, okay. Um, the next concept sale. So um, uh, it, you know, it could be as soon as uh, as the end of this month, and so it'll be interesting to. Cool. But one thing that definitely um, is very cool about that is the um, is the size, uh, and I think this is also in the same yes, um, in episode twenty nine, that the Orion is much larger than originally planned. Um, that in the uh, the current description it says that it's eighty meters long, and what they said is that it's actually likely going to be roughly the same size, or it currently is in the development process, roughly the same size as the Reclaimer, which is 158 meters long and 600,000 kilograms. So uh, if uh, um, that's a big ship you're getting there, John. That's a, that's a big old ship. Um, so I thought that, so it's roughly twice the size that they had originally planned to make it. So it's um, um, it's going to be real interesting to see, you know, what kind of, you know, doing air quotes here, ship it's going to be. You know, it's, it's a mining platform, so it's going to be, you know, it's like a floating city, you know, is it... Um, um, maybe, maybe it's going <clears> to... <throat> yeah, but there's those concept images of, like, a giant, like, thing with tank treads on the surface of something. Yeah, yeah. I guess maybe a meteor or something, but the thing is just huge. Mm-hmm. And I, don't, I don't even know where that concept image came from. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, it, well, it's got to be a ship of some sort. Um, I mean, it's got to it's gotta fly, right? Hope? I, I mean, yeah, it has to. Or maybe... Maybe the Orion itself is the platform, and it can't fly, but it has like some kind of thing that attaches to it and gets it where it needs to go, and mm-hmm. it's like super slow or something. I don't know. 
I'm excited to see more about it, though. Yeah, like, well, I, I feel like I say that like every single week. <laughs> I hope that it's the first one up, John. I I think uh, it'd be yeah, me too. It'll be a very special day for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're also uh, they said that we're going to get a status update on uh, Org 2.0 coming up soon, which I guess is going to be the uh, the big. Uh, change coming from Turbulent. I think they're involved in that. So uh, how we're able to manage our organization, basically, I think. I think we're going to be able to have huh. uh, org-specific forums, stuff like that, um, be able to, oh. y- you know, uh, have uh, uh, our own space. You know, our, our space on the website will be uh, much more uh, uh, interactive, uh, so I think that that's going to be, uh, uh, well, I, I, I don't know what it's going to be, but there's going to be an update, so potentially we will know what it's going to be. And it's coming soon, so we're going to keep an eye out for that. Um, there is going to be a way to trade ships in-game, but there's not going to be an auction house like there are in other MMOs. So uh, that kind of gets back to what we were just discussing about, um, you know, selling ships in the game you know if that's going to be a way to generate in-game currency um then if not at an auction house uh, how is it going to be handled you know is there going to be a, a dealership you know the, or brokers that you have to go through is there going to be an npc broker that has to broker your ship for you so that'll mm-hmm. that'll be or you can maybe play that character as a um as a, an actual player character you can be the uh uh, be a ship broker and, and make your money that way. Who knows? Mm-hmm. We don't, but maybe we will sometime soon. <laughs> um, oh, and uh, um, I just thought of this, but uh, I was actually talking to uh, Valix uh, a couple days ago, and uh, I was actually helping him uh, get a ship because he uh, he's just getting into the game right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was talking to me how he is hoping that the game is going to be sort of like have the Star Wars kind of feel. Um, and he was concerned about not being able to play as another race of being. Oh. Um, and I believe what they've said as of right now is it's just going to be humans. Mm-hmm. But that possibly you may be able to play as aliens in the future. Hmm. Um, do you remember hearing anything about that? You know, I... I do remember hearing it mentioned, but I don't remember what the answer was. Um, certainly, mm-hmm. I've not heard a lot about it. Um, it would be interesting, though, because what other races exist? We know that there are the um, the Van Duel, um, which I think is that that uh, sort of lizardy looking fellow that was in the Cutlass commercial. Um, yeah, who wants to be one There's of those? The, the Xi'an, yeah, I don't know how to say it. I think you just did. And then, yeah, <laughs> and then the Kurth, Kurthak, is that what it is? Uh, or uh, no, I can't. Yeah, I know what you. The, the guys that have the uh, the bubble ship. Um, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's maybe that's the name of that ship. I can't remember. But but yeah, would you want to play as an alien? I don't think so. Um, I mean, I not. I'm not adverse to it, um, but it's not something. Mm-hmm. So it's not a part of the game that I'm looking forward to, you know. 
Yeah, I think the cool thing about it would be being able to see, like, alien planets more. And, you know, they'd probably start you off in an alien, a more alien area than you're used to. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that stuff would be cool to see. But personally in games, I lean towards the human race if it's offered. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know a lot of people like to play as aliens and stuff like like the people that play as the cat races in uh, like the Elder Scrolls. Yeah, yeah. Some people like that. Well, I can't. Yeah, I always thought the the cats are just like they're so like fuzzy. You know, they look kind of <laughs> like stuffed animals. <laughs> well, a lot of people are into that too. So. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, like in WoW, uh, there are like people that only play, what are the gnomes? Those characters? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like people Dwarves. that are into, into like the smaller characters, the, you know, but yeah, it's, I've, you know, like I should, I guess I take that back. In, in Guild Wars uh, 2, most of my characters were Asura, which were the, the little tiny guys, the little brainy guys. Um and and I played them just because they're cute, but uh, you know that's that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that in uh, Star Citizen. Um, I just sort of imagined I yeah. would I would be uh, uh, the the human guy that I am. Um, uh, oh, you know, dude, we we totally need a, a new race. We need Muppets. I need to play a Muppet in Star Citizen. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, I'll never sleep now. Oh, dude, you've done it to me. I wonder which Muppet you would play as. Huh, let me think. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, and then finally, uh, they said that we're going to start getting designer posts uh, for the uh, for reaching uh, major funding milestones. Um, and they said, uh, including the $70 million mark, which we're rapidly approaching. I think uh, I checked it earlier. We're at 69.3 something. So... Um, could, Wait, I I thought we hit seventy. No, I don't think so. Let's. I thought I even saw a post about it on IGN. All right, I'm gonna bring that uh, up. Right. Funding. Let's see. Loading, loading. Ah, sixty nine three one eight nine eight four. Oh. Yeah. Okay, the post on IGN I think was called. They we smashed through sixty nine. Oh, that could be. But, Which I I guess I just filled in the blank thought it was seventy, but yeah. So, so we have not uh, had a stretch goal update to the uh, funding page here since sixty five million, which was the enhanced ship modularity, uh, which we've discussed so many times. Um, so anyway, they're, what they're saying is that we're going to start getting. Um, designer posts and I, I don't know what that means but um, uh, hopefully mm-hmm. we'll, we'll find we're going to find out more about that too because it, it's it, and other than that it looks like this whole thing has kind of uh, uh, gone away and you know and I don't, I don't really I mean I can get why they would be giving us more concept ships you know because they may just have more than the pipeline can handle at this point um, or real yeah. realistically without adding a without adding a, a tenth woman to help gestate that baby. Um, uh, well, the money is coming in so fast that maybe they're reworking this somehow so that they don't have to deliver a stretch goal at every million. 
because I think there may be it's stretching thin and they don't have enough to offer because mm-hmm. they've they're already promising so much. Maybe yeah. they want to slow it down and maybe offer something bigger at every like five or even ten million. Yeah. Well, we'll see what the uh, first designer post looks like. It may be uh, it may be something like that. So mm-hmm. uh, very. Cool. Do you think that? Do you think that it's the money's going to keep coming in at the same rate that it has been, or uh, coming faster this year, or what do you think? Um, you know, I. It seems like it's still trending up. So, um, you know, I haven't, uh, I haven't uh, done the the stats on it, uh, but you know, it it appears like it's gaining momentum and. Like we're getting the we're like like you and I are working at CIG, um, like we're getting uh, you know more and more positive press or at least more and more press. So um, it seems like popularity is going to at least for uh, the next little bit continue to increase. So with that, and if we're going to be getting uh, new concept sales because we still have quite a bit of stuff. Um, in the pipeline, I think I haven't been to that that page we looked at a couple of episodes back, where it showed the status of all the ships within the pipeline. I think there are still quite a few concept ships which have been promised to come out, and those those always seem to do really well. Um, so, um, if I had to bet, my bet is that it's going to um, it's going to keep coming in. So. Do you think that we will hit a hundred million this year? Oh yeah, I think so. I think so because we're almost at seventy now. Well, wait a second, because that's thirty million. Thirty million. So yeah, if if my my uh, projection of increased pace of revenue were to think is with sixty five million over how long? It's been is that two years or two and a half years? So two years or three years? Um, no, it's two years, right? Because it started... Um, two years, yeah. Yeah. Then... Uh, uh, 2012. Oh, God, we're getting close to another ice cream headache. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, yeah, I. you know what? If I had to bet, I'd say I'd say we, we are going to get to $100 million. You know what? Yeah, first First show of the year, let's go ahead and put it out there. A year from now, we'll, we'll come back and revisit. And... If um, if we haven't hit a hundred million, uh, we'll just blame it on Caleb. How's that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's not here, so oh. that's right. So and hopefully at at that uh, at that goal, we get something like crazy. Yeah, because a hundred million is a pretty big milestone. Yeah, although you know if you go back to it, like we talked about um, in the past, uh, where you know we were addressing people. Uh, com- complaining that you know hey you've got 55 million isn't that enough um you know the development budget for gta 5 was something like 160 is that if i'm remembering that correctly so you know and that's for a game i think i think with the uh yeah i think with the um advertising or whatever it was like 250 Right, and that's for a game that was not all that much different than GTA 4. I mean, there was, you know, obviously the, the, the graphics were a lot better, but, 
you know, there was not a, any real paradigm shift, in my opinion, from four, yeah. four to five. I mean, it was still pretty much the same game. It was different characters, different setting, all that. Yeah. But um, they didn't have to reinvent the wheel to, to, to make that happen. Whereas pretty much everything that is being developed in this game is, you know, a huge, you know, uh, never been done before. Well, not everything, but, you know, a, a significant amount of it is all stuff that hasn't been done before. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I think uh, 100, mil- 100 million and beyond, you know, <laughs> we should, uh, we should, uh, we should expect that. Um, yeah. Then, uh, I don't know if, if you follow Sandy Gardner on the Twitter machine, but uh, she periodically will uh, uh, send out a tweet with a, a picture of uh, something cool from within the inner sanctum. And uh, I don't know if you see in the show notes there, John, there is uh, what looks like a, um, a battle arena, a zero-G battle arena, sort of similar to... Um, what I think uh, was in the Ender's Game story uh, movie. Yeah, did you thing. see that movie? You know, I never did. I never did. But I mean, I've seen clips of scenes from the battle arena, and so yeah, it's it actually looks almost identical. <laughs> wow. So um, uh, could this be what's coming uh, with the FPS uh, uh, module? Hmm. Hmm. You think maybe? Maybe. I'd, yeah, I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, because if you look at the picture, it looks like there are places to uh, to dock. You know, it looks like that structure might uh-huh. might have, uh, like, a docking area. So how cool would it be if you could fly from your hangar uh, and go dock in there? And, um, you know, like if this was a place, yeah. a place where we could do, um, um, you know, uh, sort of... Uh, Multi. Well, I guess you wouldn't need multi cruise ships uh, to do that. But anyway, it's just a. It's just an awfully cool looking big bubble floating in space. And it, it kind yeah. of. And it kind of looks like either a, a garden tool or like a kitchen implement of some sort. You know, it's like a. It's like the. Uh, it's like the the thirty ninety five or whatever year it, it actually is uh, equivalent of a Cuisinart. You know, it's like you want to chop up vegetables in there. Or a gun. Or a gun. Yeah. Like some kind of a gun. And that's like an energy chamber or something. I don't know. It's it's it, well, it's just a big old pile of awesome, is what it is. And I will, uh, <laughs> I will. Uh, well, actually, you know what? I will not post a link to it because I uh, we are I already retweeted it with the uh, the Versecast account. So um, if you follow us on yeah, so you'll have to go follow us on Twitter. Yeah, that's the only way you'll be able to see it. Yeah. That's right. The coolest thing in the world is only available if you follow me. Um, <laughs> um, and I think we, we talked about Nicole and uh, her uh, interview with Ben, so that's pretty cool. Um, oh, and uh, the I know that you and I have sort of uh, 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 talked about it a little bit on, in chat on Heroes Tavern, but uh, uh, I did find a video uh, with a... Um, uh, a fellow, a YouTube video, uh, Super Mac Brothers is the name of the the YouTube channel, and they uh, he posted a video showing uh, it was a demo of the uh, Mustang Beta, and uh, he showed um, uh, among other things uh, landing on that uh, platform I was talking about in the Dying Star map, and uh, then uh, you know exiting the ship and then playing with the pistol and. Uh, 
he um, he shot his uh, ship and it exploded. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, I definitely will post a link to that. So check that out. But that was what gave me kind of the idea of us getting together out there and having our own little impromptu FPS tourney. You know, I thought it would be pretty uh, pretty cool to do that before the release of the of the actual module. You know. Yeah. Let's do it. Yep. Um, and then I, we mentioned earlier that uh, our one of our new members, Yellow Stag, posted a uh, link to a discussion thread about the uh, current state of the flight physics in the game. And like Caleb had mentioned about the um, Cutlass Black, there's some stuff that appears not to make a whole lot of sense about the way that the thrusters work. And so um, uh, I did include a link to that too. If you're if you're a physics nerd and interested in that kind of stuff, if you if you're a physics nerd and need to get upset about something, go here. Um, you can uh, <laughs> you can get angry all you need to. Um, so that kind of uh, leads me up to what we've been playing. Um, I you know I already mentioned that I have been playing the uh, the Arena Commander, and um, I did. Uh, I have been playing um, some Elite Dangerous, just a little bit here and a little bit there. But uh, a friend sent me a link to a Kotaku. I, I can never say that website right. Kotaku. Kotaku, yeah. Kotaku. Um, to an article on their website um, uh, doing sort of a, an expose on a group called the First Great Expedition. And this is a, a, a pretty diverse group of uh, Elite Dangerous <laughs> players that... Um, they got together with the with a really simple goal um, uh, to uh, they want to collectively explore all <laughs> of Elite Dangerous's 400 billion star systems. So you know it's like <laughs> it, it's good to start small and kind of you know work up from there. It's like, it's, but anyway, how many members do they have? You know that I don't know. Um, I I think they. I mean, if they had like thousands, maybe. Well, what they but even then what it said in the article, as I recall, is that they it started off with kind of one guy who sent out a post or posted on some uh, bulletin board or uh, blog and said, you know, I just had this idea of starting a group where um, you know we we do exploration and we you know do mapping or or you know you know just kind of try to chart you know what's there and and see does it. Does it match up with uh, what we expect to be there? Because, like I said, it's a real diverse group, so there's a lot of um, um, uh, sort of amateur uh, astronomer cosmolo co cosmology, yeah, cosmologists. And I think there's actually actually one guy that he either works at NASA or he's recently retired from NASA or something like that. So there's some like really big brain dudes involved with this and gals. I'm sure there's some wow. you know some gals in there too. Um, and uh, so, but then there's also folks that just, you know, hey, that's kind of cool to be like a, a part of, of a group that's, you know, undertaking just like this really um, epic quest. You know, it may, well, I think you would have to think that it's, it's not really achievable, but, um, you know, just like doing that as like a way to play the game with a whole bunch of other people, I think is a really cool way to look, to look at Elite Dangerous, especially given, um, you know, that how much you know the the 400 billion star systems are all dynamically generated um so um you know i think it, it's pretty cool that they um uh you know they want to go out and see how well does that work you know and so i went ahead and i signed up on their website and um, it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of activity right now it seems like they get together 
uh, once a week and uh, on uh, uh, not Mumble. What's the other one? Um, the other Team Speak. Yeah, on Team Speak, and you know, uh, uh, do some planning and stuff. But uh, I think what they're really waiting for, what it said in the article, they're waiting for is uh, multiple character slots in the game so that if you're going to uh, commit a character to traveling way off into the frontier that uh, you can still, if you get tired of that for a little bit, you'd have another character to be in the more populated areas to, you know, to do, uh, you know, the dog fighting, excuse me, the dog fighting or the trading or all the other stuff that you want to do. So... Uh, oh, nice! Yeah, so it seems like they're waiting for that to happen before they begin their big push, but they're kind of in the uh, in the planning stages now. So, uh, anyway, I signed up uh, on their website just so to kind of keep track of what they're doing, and uh, thought, you know, uh, for this particular game, that might be a really fun way um, to play it. So, anyway, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens, and then, like we mentioned uh, with, uh, or I discussed with uh, Caleb, I've been playing. Uh, a little bit of War Thunder, uh, and it's a uh, it's uh, a lot of fun. I was uh, last night. I was um, dive bombing um, uh, like tanker ships and stuff, and it was like they. <laughs> it's really cool to watch them blow up. So digging that. Is this just a World War Two game? Yes. Yes. So oh, okay. I think I mentioned I bought a, a small package, one of the cheaper packages, and. Uh, in it, I got a couple of ships and a couple... I guess you can buy campaigns, single-player campaigns. And so I've got oh. a couple of um, uh, Pacific Theater campaigns uh, to play through. So, you know, I'm not really oh, nice. that concerned about doing the um, the multiplayer part of it. You know, I was just more looking for another uh, game to do, you know, flight sim, basically. But, you know, also yeah. with some dogfighting and, uh, you know, stuff that might be similar to what we eventually end up doing in uh, Star Citizen. And, of course, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that it, if it plays really well on my shield, then I'll have something, you know, flight simmy-like that I can uh, take with me in my book bag, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what have you been playing? Well, like I mentioned earlier, I did get to the... Uh uh molten core raid completed mm-hmm. that got the core hound um obviously by now I'm max level and I think I mentioned that mm-hmm. did I mention oh okay so that was yeah that was a while ago but yeah after I got that core hound haven't touched wow really? so it's been about a week or so yeah really um yeah I'm just really I just played it so much that I just want to take a break so yeah I hear um it. yeah I, I'll be back I'll I'll probably I want to get into some PvP and then uh, run a new character do some questing again so mm-hmm. so yeah I'm not I'm not done with it or anything it's just you know after you play a game so many days in a row and then you you get that thing that you were trying to fight for you kind of want to take a break so yeah yeah um, I hear you that's where I'm at um, but I also, over the break, I I played a game that I've had in my Steam library for a while now that I got on sale that I just haven't had a chance to play, but I've really wanted to play it, and that is Wolfenstein: The New Order. I've seen uh, you. I've seen you out there uh, playing that. Yeah. Yeah, I just I started playing it. And I was like, man, this is cool, and I played it like 
every day for a few hours. I think it was like, I think I spent like 14 hours on it mm-hmm. um, to complete the game on like the medium, like the normal difficulty or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a lot of fun. Like, it had a cool story. It had an awesome world. It's uh, the premise is that the Nazis win World War Two, um, and then you get. Uh, well, maybe I shouldn't reveal anything, but, um, okay, spoiler free, uh, (laughs) it fast forwards to, like, the 60s, um, so, like, the technology is kind of 60s inspired, but it's still, like, the whole world is dominated by uh, Nazis. Yeah. Uh, and it was just really cool. I like that kind of idea of, like, the 60s only with like crazy robot technology and stuff uh-huh. kind of reminded me of um Nazi zombies in Call of Duty if you've ever played that No, I've seen um, it but I haven't played it, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of the same idea is like the Nazis have like technology that isn't even around today but it's kind of inspired by that time so it's kind of, you know, clunky and mechanical, kind of like steampunk but less like fantasy. Yeah. Um Well, I think there was in the but, in the uh the the Wolfenstein from I guess would it have been about 10 years ago or so. There was um there was sort of a, a storyline where the Nazis were doing sort of uh uh occult type uh or developing an army of like occult type characters, um you know, like summoning demons and stuff like that. Um is there is there more of that in this? No, there wasn't any of that. Mm. I mean, there was stuff where they, like, took people and turned them into, like, cyborgs and, like, took control of their mind and stuff. But mm. there wasn't any, like, demon stuff. Oh, okay. But have you played any Wolfenstein games? Uh, well, I played the original uh, way, way back in the day. Um, you know, it's like uh, when the first Doom came out, I, I played that and then, um, you know, was looking for other... Because that was when they first started with um, the... Uh, the 3D FPS stuff, and so I was looking yeah. for other stuff. Well, Wolfenstein was the first, right? It was. It was. I, I did not play it when it first came out. I, I didn't. Uh, I was way back. Um, I went. To, uh, it was in a Radio Shack one day. I don't know. Do you guys have Radio Shacks uh, in the Midwest? Yeah. Okay. That yeah. was. I was in a Radio Shack, and there was a guy there on a, a, a an old. Well, I guess it's old now. But a Tandy uh, PC clone. Uh, playing this game and I'm I and I, I just like stood there just staring at him and I was like well, dude what is that and he's going well it's doom <laughs> it's doom haven't you heard of doom and I'm like I've got to have that <laughs> <laughs> I need that now and um, <laughs> so I I got it and played it and then uh, found uh, Wolfenstein the original Wolfenstein through that um, but then uh, when the the reboot I guess you would sort of call it came out. I think it was like what about ten years ago? It might have been in the early two thousands. I don't, I don't remember exactly. I played I played some of that too. It was just called Wolfenstein. You know, I don't remember exactly what it was called because let's see. Because after Doom, we got Quake and then Quake Arena, and I'm just trying to think of the the line of the lineage of ID games. Um, then there was Rage. Um, but maybe it was, it was before Rage. Um, 
So, yeah, I don't remember exactly when it was, but it did have, like, part of the storyline was that they were developing, the Nazis were developing uh, sort of these demonic characters or trying to harness demonic um, power to, uh, but it was still, it was set in, still in World War II time, so. Mm-hmm. It was all World War II weapons. But. Was it Return to Castle Wolfenstein? Yes. Yes, that was it. What year was that? Okay. That was, let's see here, um, 2001. Yeah, okay. That's about right. It would have been 14 years ago. Yeah. So that was, um, that was, uh, remember that was a lot of fun. And then that was, and that was kind of when multiplayer was really starting to, um, uh, get real popular because it used to be like back in the original Quake days, uh, there would be like shareware um, software that you could install that would allow you to monitor um, Quake servers, and so it was. Mm-hmm. So you and it was not in game. It was like you had to uh, use this external third party thing to monitor where servers were and. and um, uh, uh, Rank, you know, them according to their ping. You know how long, how good the connection. Oh, were was. they? Was it a mod? Like the multiplayer was a mod? No, it, it ran external to the game, um, as I recall. And that I don't think I don't even know if you could launch from within it. I think you had to hard code the IP address or a net address of some sort. I guess it would have been still been IP um, inside of your. You would have to create a new server within your client, but um, uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. I mean, like the, the first time you saw that, it was like, wow, there are other people out there like me, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know. So anyway, uh, good times, good times. Yeah, this was uh, my first experience playing a Wolfenstein game, and it kind of makes me want to go back and like play the original <laughs> well it's uh it's still bj blaskowitz right yeah it is yeah he, yeah yeah he was the he was the guy from uh from before you always played uh, bj blaskowitz yeah yeah uh-huh. oh you should check it out i mean i think um uh one of the more one of the later versions of um it might have been of I forget which game. It might have been one of the Doom games. Actually, had a playable version of the original, like as a mini game within the game. Um, so this one actually had uh, an Easter egg, mm-hmm. where you go in to like the original game, and your like all of the controls and like how you walk around is still in like the new engine, mm-hmm. but all of the graphics outside of like you are the original. Oh wow. And as far as I can tell, you can only go as far as you can live for, and I didn't know that. So I went in and I played for like a few minutes and then I got killed. Uh-huh. And then it I got kicked out of it. Um so I don't know how far it goes, but yeah, it was cool to find that. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it was man, that was a lot of fun. That was, you know, it's for a single player game, I mean, it was it was so so immersive back in the day, you know. And it's it's kind of funny you look at that. Yeah, and this one, this one was too. I mean, the graphics were really impressive, and the story was great. Like it kept me going. And honestly, I 
I've finished few single player campaigns in my life because I just get kind of bored. But um, honestly, I I would say that Portal Two is my favorite single player campaign of any game, and then honestly, I might put this one as second because it was just that good. Cool, cool. Yeah, I think a Portal Two is. I'm almost done with the first Portal on my shield, and I think Portal Two is supposed to come out for it at some point. So I'm looking forward to that too. You haven't played those games before? Um, I played Portal a long time ago, um, and I don't even remember if I finished it, um, to be honest. But um, uh, the Portal Two, I, I don't think I did play it. I don't. I, I have it on my PC now, but I haven't. I, I picked it up on a Steam sale, but uh, um, I have not played it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna save it for uh, for my mobile device. Yeah, Portal Two is great. I mean, Portal One is great to like set up the whole thing mm-hmm. and uh the puzzles are fun and um like the story that it kind of implies is awesome mm-hmm. but then like portal 2 just expounds on all of it and it's like really funny and the story is like really interesting and uh yeah i love that game excellent excellent all right so um and then i i saw you playing something else what else did i see you um, on see your come up on your Steam oh, profile. Oh, uh, I actually started a new Borderlands Two character with uh, the uh, person I was playing WoW with. Oh, cool! So I'm getting them into that. It, so uh, and it said it said yeah. that you were playing it on the the big screen version, or on the on the the you had the oh, little... you know that might be something else. Um, maybe Trine is that what you saw? Oh, that could be. That could Cause be. Because I, I put my... Um, we have a computer in the living room. Uh, and I put uh, I put Trine on there. So I think my uh, little brother was playing that, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Trine 2 is, is one of the games that came free on the, on the NVIDIA, on the Shield. And oh yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, I'm not much of a of a side scroller guy, um, but uh, you know, I played it for for a little bit. You know, it's like you know, switching between the characters and you know, uh, jumping over stuff. So yeah, it's a good game. Yeah, the graphics are amazing, and the, the oh yeah, the just it's amazing what they're doing with that with the chip in that um, in that thing. It's a Tegra. K one, I think, is what it what it's called. Yeah, I I actually read about it a little bit. It sounds like it's pretty powerful. Honestly, I was kind of surprised that uh, that it can't run like Windows and play like full Steam games. Yeah, yeah, it's a launch rockets and stuff. It'd like be cool that. if they could get to that point, like a tablet that could run full games like that, like Star Citizen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't think Chris is is thinking about porting it to a mobile device. So right. <laughs> no, not yet, not yet. All right. Well, um, you know, I think before the before we started recording, we said, hey, you know, I think we're gonna we're gonna have we have two hours of material here. You know, I I think John, we had three hours of material. <laughs> Go figure. And I think we even condensed it. <laughs> yeah. So there's some stuff we skipped over. But um, yeah. so if you're listening to this, uh, you're hearing it probably on the uh, on the 19th or the 20th because this is definitely going to be part of the second half um, of episode 14. So I guess it'll be 14 A and B. So 
if you've made it to this point, thank you for hanging with us. I know we wandered off in a few places, but it's been a while since we've recorded, so uh, we had some uh, some catching up to do. So anyway, um, I I am Gleep, and uh, you can find me in the Those Guys with Ships Star Citizen organization. I'm on the forums. I'm also on Heroes Tavern Twitter, and I'm on Steam. Uh, check the show notes for exactly how to spell that. And I'm going to do something a little bit different this time. I'm going to actually post the show notes on Heroes Tavern and then just plot, um, uh, supply a link to that post uh, in the uh, YouTube, or I'm, I'm sorry, in the iTunes uh, uh, comments section just because uh, there's way too many comments and I think that's a cleaner way of handling it. Um, John, where can the folks find you? You can find me at the only Jonto on Twitter, Steam, and on RSI. So you can add me as a contact, and then we can see when we're online, in game, and all that jazz. Um, you can find the show at theversecast at gmail dot com, and you can also tweet at us at versecast. We will take all your questions, comments, whatever you have for us. Send it our way. Um, you can find our organization, Those Guys With Ships, at robertspaceindustries.com slash orgs slash versecast. And then make sure to come check us out at heroestavern.com where we have a voice server. We have forums. Um, actually, an announcement, we now have a Minecraft server that is public to anybody that wants to join. Yes. So uh, just uh, you can actually just connect to the IP. It is play.heroestavern.com. Just put that into your Minecraft multiplayer thingy, connect, and then you can play with us there. Cool. Um, How's that going? It's going pretty good. I haven't, um, I haven't been out I've there I've done lately. Minecraft. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, guys that were doing the the custom software that let you run like mods mm -hmm. for multiplayer they've been shut down after the minecraft acquisition of mojang mm. so um actually can't run the server on the current version of minecraft oh really um it's on 1.7.10 the previous version okay so you do have to set your client to that previous version to okay. connect but It'll tell you that you have to do that when you try to connect, but um, is is that the, the yeah? It's kind of a bummer that the bucket sorry. stuff. Is that the bucket? Yeah, stuff? Yeah, bucket. Oh, okay. Uh huh. Well, yeah. What was the deal with that? Because one of the guys that was working at Mojang is at Dinnerbone. Didn't he? Wasn't he involved in um, in the development of that or maintaining that? Yeah, and they were actually acquired by Mojang. I'm pretty sure it's kind of. It's kind of weird trying to figure out all this. I think they were acquired by Mojang like last year, the middle of last year or something. Right. Um, and I thought when that would happen, they would have better um, like parity with the Minecraft vanilla versions. Because um, even even when it was supported, the the updates to Bucket were coming like way later after vanilla. Right, which was really not great for servers, um, mm -hmm. but now <laughs> there's no support at all. So, thing is, like, if you 
it's not really an issue for the bigger servers because they have like a team of coders themselves that just modify the code anyway. Right. Um, but for the smaller guys, people that don't know how to code and don't have the time, uh, it kind of stinks. But you know, one point seven point ten is pretty feature rich anyway. So yeah. And really, the point of Minecraft is just to mine and build stuff. So right. it doesn't really change that drastically. So. Right. Um, um, yeah, I have. So not... Yeah, come to, if you're. Sorry, you go. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I have not been paying attention what's what's been happening much at Mojang. You know, who's still left over there? I know that a lot of the guys were still um, there working, even though uh, Marcus was gone. Um, but uh, it's yeah, it's it seems like um, like the wind down has not gone as uh, as gracefully as perhaps uh, some folks had hoped. Um, well, it seems like everybody that was working on the game is still working on the game. Right. Um, Notch stepped down from development over a year ago. Right, right. Um, and then Jeb took over, and I think Jeb is still doing his thing. Um, who knows what Notch is doing? I know that he just bought the most expensive house in Hollywood, like, last month or something. Yeah, I saw that. Which... <laughs> Yeah, it's like this house was being bid on by Jay-Z and Beyonce or something. Yeah, he outbid them. And, yeah. and now, yeah, Notch owns it. Nine, $90 oh, million. Dollars. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Why would you do that? I don't know, but it has a... It ha, well, I know why he did it, because it has a candy room. <laughs> it has a room full of candy. Yeah, and it has like a... 15 car garage or something and i don't know if you saw the minecraft um documentary Uh but he didn't even have a license yeah documentary he hadn't he hadn't gotten his license yeah so like i assume if he doesn't have a license he doesn't have a car yeah but now he has like a 10 car garage Oh, poor, oh, poor Notch, poor Notch. I, I hope yeah. things work out well for him. That's uh... Uh, yeah. I mean, when he made the announcement of like being acquired by Microsoft, I kind of had confidence in him that he would like the money. It wasn't about the money, and that it wouldn't go to his head. Yeah. But the fact that he went and bought the most expensive house in Hollywood yeah. that was being bid on by Jay Z and Beyonce that. Uh, that's not right. No, no, he's uh, he's come a long way since uh, you know coding uh, coding the prototype for Minecraft in his you know in his mother's apartment. Yeah, yeah. something that was an accident. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, well that's uh, I I've certainly had a lot of fun. I still love it. Yeah, I still I still love the game. Yeah. I don't get I don't get a chance to play it very much because uh, you know like all these silly space sims out here now but uh um it's uh, i've had a lot of good times in that game so uh anyway yeah mm-hmm. i will i will at some point here uh come uh, uh, log onto the server are some of the um some of the folks from uh the old days uh still there yeah they are um it's a little slower than it used to be but uh uh kugo the mighty some may know as nick uh-huh sleeper um, he's going to be kind of promoting it on his Twitch channel, so hopefully we'll bring in some people from there. Oh, okay. And uh, he's been he's been uh, growing pretty, pretty, a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, if you guys want to go check Kugo out, he's uh, you can find him at twitch.tv slash Kugo the Mighty. Yeah. He, uh, he's, he's streaming quite a bit these days. It's his birthday today. Up. It is. So, yeah. happy birthday to Nick. Yeah, and and if you're hearing this tomorrow, um, you know, go out and wish Kugo a happy belated. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I, didn't, I noticed that on, on uh, Twitter this morning. There was, my, my, my celly was blowing up with uh, happy, happy birthday wishes for Kugo, so... Yeah, do you get do you get notifications for him? Um, I just follow him on on uh, Twitter. I don't uh, I don't have. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have t- notifications. I have like, you know how you can favorite some some uh, pages, and then you get the notifications for every one of their tweets. Yeah. Yeah, I I have that on. So every time he retweeted one of those, I was getting it, and. <laughs> It was just like there was like twenty of them. It's ridiculous. And you have to recharge your phone uh, in the middle of all his happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, um, uh, it's uh, it's been good to get back to it, and um, you know we look forward to seeing you again next time. Uh, we will be back with fresh content. Uh, recorded on the 26th. Uh, So until then, uh, we will see you in the verse. See you later. And that's it. Episode 14 is in the history books. Thanks again for listening, and please stay tuned for episode 15, which should be coming your way on or about January 26th. Notes for the entirety of episode 14 can be found at Heroes Tavern. There's a link in the show notes to that. Thanks again to Ronald Jenkins for the use of his music. Check him out at ronaldjenkins.com and buy his latest album, Alphanumeric. It will make you smarter. So until next time, we will see you in the verse. Verse.